Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Logic podcast number 783, Feb 1, 2022. It was 54 degrees with the high on this day. That was in 1931, and it was uh, 28 below on this day in 1951. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic yeah. with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. The other day I mentioned that, oh man, it has to be 20 years ago, if not longer, then, uh, we quite frequently got a call from a history professor at the University of Minnesota. That's right. Whose name escaped me the other day. It's John K. Evans. Okay. And he predicted back then exactly what we're seeing now. He exactly. referenced California, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. And uh, Fred from Coos Bay writes me, I'm a bit behind on the podcast, but just in case, I think it was John K. Evans who taught ancient Greece and Rome. I never took him when I was at the U in the history department as a grad student. But I remember he was one of two conservatives in a department of 45. Do you know David O. Kieft, another U professor, my advisor and mentor? No, I do not. He lives in St. Paul in the Summit area. He was one of the other conservatives. He's about 10 years older than you and has had a lot of connections with the priests who taught at St. Thomas. Thanks for reading my Sputnik email. My kids love hearing you talk about me, Fred from Coos Bay. And I don't think, John, I've made a, an attempt now that I see his name again. Within the last five years, I've made an attempt to reach John K. Evans. And I will make another one, but I, I think he's uh, either not with us or he's uh, completely out of the picture. Would he still be listed? Well, you can find out in, the, his right in the history department, John K. Evans. And he was, you know, GL was in its infancy of discovering the mystery and, and wrestling with it. And uh, this wonderful fellow came up out of the blue, and it was just amazing educational stuff he was telling us. And he predicted that L.A. would become essentially a gated city with uh, people with enough money to gate themselves in and look down on the chaos that would reign. And uh, that's it's, pretty much what's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's well, pretty much what's happening. It's happening here. Right. It's ha Well, in fact, <laughs> in oh, fact, yes, in yes. fact, a group of neighbors in South Minneapolis is taking matters into their own hands to increase policing in their neighborhood. The group is raising money to pay for extra patrols in the Lowry Hill neighborhood performed by city officers working overtime. What in the hell? The group is raising money. The program, which is approved by the city council, would run through the end of the year. The Minneapolis Police Department continues to, as the Minneapolis to be, hey. police department <laughs> continues to work to cover a staffing shortage. The leaders behind the initiative say the actual number of extra police on patrol will depend on how much money they raise and how many officers sign up for the extra shifts. The initiative comes as the city deals with an increase in crime over the past two years. Homeowners in the neighborhood say they are on edge, trying to be ever more aware of their surroundings. I don't go out at night much anymore, said Scott Plickard. Normally, they would rely on police to get a handle on the situation, but in the wake of the death of George Floyd as of January, the Minneapolis Police Department is short close to 200 of its sworn staff. Crime has risen, and the police don't seem to be able to respond, said Plickard. Violent crime in Lowry Hill has in increased exponentially in the last few years, and now some living in the area want to take matters into their own hands by bringing out their pocketbooks. However, not everyone's on board. I don't agree with it, said Tom Tronson. It feels very elitist, like, oh, let's just throw money towards the problem so we're safe. Okay. The Lowry Hill Neighborhood Association plans to pay the city for an increased police presence on their side of town, but it won't come cheap. Each home has been asked to pay 220 bucks per month. Being affluent comes with privileges, I guess, Plickard explained. Uh, I, I don't know if he's calling himself affluent or, or what. <laughs> The police department says it doesn't make money off the program and officers would only volunteer for extra shifts when they aren't already on the clock, making about 110 bucks an hour. Uh, just because I may have a little more disposable income to pay for something safer doesn't mean I think it's the right thing to do, said Tronson. Uh, all right. Resources should be spread equally, said Vivian C. 
Several neighbors also voiced concerns that more police wouldn't make them feel safer. Uh, I have a real problem with this. Your property taxes are supposed to pay for that. You think so, Joe? Or, you know, what, what's next? We're going to pass the bucket so in case there's a fire in the neighborhood? Right. So we can get mm. the fire department to respond? Well, don't we have to do that for street maintenance already? Oh. <laughs> this is, uh, uh, I don't blame the neighbors for wishing to invent ways to have a better police presence. But for God's sakes, you're paying premium property taxes in Lowry Hill. That's what's supposed to pay for it. More accurately, what should be rooted for is, is quickly restaffing the absent 200. Mm-hmm. Where is Lowry Hill exactly? By the old Guthrie? Is that Lowry yeah. Hill? Yeah. yeah. That's a it nice area. Extends over up to Franklin. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, back over to Cedar Lake. But, uh, sort of. That's what property taxes are supposed to do. Well, uh, where are we on Joe Rogan? Everything all right? <laughs> I'm going to sit this play out. <laughs> I think it worked out for everyone. That's just my opinion. Everyone got what they wanted, right? More Everybody got a whole lot of publicity. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Do you think it was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge? No. <laughs> no, I, I, no. I don't, yeah. We have settled into the position that uh, Joe Rogan is certainly entitled to host his show and, preve- and present uh, what his opponents would call controversial guests. He's in- certainly entitled to do that. Yeah. Neil Young is certainly entitled to say, I don't want to be on Spotify anymore. Where it became chilling was the idea that Spotify is assigning to Rogan's show some sort of content advisors. That's the part I, that makes me... Have a little queasy. bit of a chill, yeah. A little queasy. Yeah. They had, did you see, though, they had already, 40 of his shows, they'd already taken off before all this Oh, really? I did not yeah, know that. For, for whatever reason, I don't know. So they must have been paying some attention anyway to what the show was doing. Uh, and they said on Spotify alone, they uh, tagged or flagged and got rid of 20,000 podcasts, the company did. Uh, for this very kind of reason that uh, wow. whatever. That yeah, but they those would be podcasts with 12 listeners in many cases. Yeah, but yeah. 40 of the episodes of Rogan, they said they actually hmm. have. Joe, that's just as alarming but, as what you read yesterday. No, if they're taking off some wacko from, you know, <laughs> Buttville, Arkansas, who said, let's go but, kill somebody. It's, it's Buttview, but Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> they, they, they have an obligation to rein that in, I think. That's yelling fire in a crowded theater. Okay, you're comfortable with that. You interviewed Scott Jensen, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. Go Scott. Go Kendall. Go is anybody on, except Walls. W- w- did any of that get put on uh, the YouTube, which is owned by the Google? Uh, that would be up to Chris. I I'm don't, not sure. I don't which think Which controls so. the universe. Yeah. But I will say this. <laughs> There are things that I have put up on uh, the Garage Logic YouTube page that have been flagged. Most of it is because of copyright issues. Huh. So, for instance, if there was a song, you know, like we were goofing around one day when we were recording the show, because Jeeler's like behind the scenes stuff, and I think we were playing a, a Joni Mitchell song. I can't remember who it was. Um, or was it Ricky Lee Jones? Might, might have been one of the two. <laughs> was it Chucky's in Love? Chucky's in Love. <laughs> Chucky Weiss. You bastards. Anyway, but I, that was flagged because of copyright issues. So that that has happened to us from time to time. But Joe, I'm surprised you're cool with that. I really am. Well, I don't. Well, with rights come responsibilities. I, I'm not so sure a podcaster uh, has the uh, right to uh, threaten. A political official, for example. Well, I don't know why Spotify took down 12,000 podcasts, but I can guarantee it was because of stuff like that. And what? there's nothing that says they can't. That's the other True. Part. No, I, they, I they own it. Yeah, you're right. They, they do own it. But I guess what's... Um, and I know Rogan signed a massive, massive contract with them. I'll say. But <laughs> Rogan has such a platform on his own. He could say, bleep Spotify, start up joerogan.com or whatever and all of those millions of people would follow him there well i would imagine his contract right now prevents that sure yes 
Plus, by his own admission, he says he's kind of lazy, so he'd have to do all the work, <laughs> and he doesn't want to do that. But he did. The one thing that impressed me, though, with the, especially with the clip that we played, is he, and, and I think we would all agree, he is not afraid to admit when he's wrong. Does it seem to you guys that these big companies, Google, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, and now Spotify, are just working for the government, promoting the government line, touting the, touting the government there line? There's a bit of that. The, well, the, they're certainly aware of what the government line is, and they're certainly aware of what they think their role should be in that. Uh, well, Zuckerberg got himself into a bunch of hot water with that. You know, it's not necessarily unrelated. Are you guys aware of the 19-year-old kid who's figured out a way to track Ellen, Elon Musk's yeah. private yeah. plane on a Twitter? And oh, uh, it's really bugging the hell out of Musk. <laughs> Musk and the kid, yeah. uh, the kid said, "Okay, give me five grand, I'll stop." And he changed his mind. And said, "No, give me fifty grand, and I'll stop." <laughs> I, I don't know where to be on this because it very well may be an egregious uh, invasion of privacy. Because I have no business uh, having to know where Elon Musk is right now. That's his business. I ha- I don't have that business. But here's what I would have preferred the kid did. He's, his name is Jack Sweeney. I thought you said it was Bezos, by the way. It's Elon Musk, but he, he's, Musk, he's yeah. got oh. the ability probably to do anyone. Okay, because earlier you had said Bezos. I'm sorry, I was Well, let me get to that. Sorry. Uh, Jack Sweeney, who runs the Twitter bot page, Elon Musk. How do you say this idiot's first Elon. name? Elon. Elon, Elon Musk yeah. Jet at Elon Jet. Uh, <laughs> this idiot. He said the guy's worth $70 billion. <laughs> That monitors his jet's movements. He made Musk a cu- Musk offered him five grand. The the uh, Jack Sweeney comes back and says, "No, how about fifty grand?" Uh, Musk turned that down and blocked the kid on social media. Now Sweeney is set to go after other billionaires such as Gates, Bezos, and other business people. Uh, Musk had asked the nineteen-year-old freshman at the University of Florida to stop doing this out of a security concern, and that he did not love the idea of being shot by a nutcase. Mr. Sweeney was quoted as saying, I knew he had a plane. Uh, I know all about the Tesla stuff. I thought Elon Musk's jet bot would really reveal, like, where he's going on and what he's doing. Okay. The, the teen still harbors hopes that Musk will come back with another offer. Uh, he wanted an internship. Uh, here, here's, what I, uh, here's what I would prefer. I wish the, the kid, the 19-year-old, would have said, I'm... I'm I'm going to maintain doing this for all of you people if you hector me about climate change. I could get behind that. But as a personal uh, means to merely bribe these people, uh, the hell with them. But if he wants to make it an issue and say, look, Bezos, don't, don't hector the American public about uh, climate change when you're in one of your five private planes and here's where you just went for lunch. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I get a kick out of that. <laughs> I, I, I get a kick out of that. I wonder if he somehow got them on one of these public accounts. I don't know. Uh, uh, because you can track flights all over right now. While you were speaking, I decided to track one, and I am now tracking Delta Flight 394 that departed uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul 25 minutes ago headed to Honolulu. Yeah. It will uh, land at 4.12 p.m. Honolulu Standard Time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I wonder if you if you find one of these sites, enter in, like, oh, I don't know, would it be his tail number? Here's and what he's doing. He's afflicting, from there? He's afflicting the comfortable. Uh, it's an old saw in the journalism game. Afflict the comfortable and, and, and comfort the afflicted. But, well, he's afflicting the comfortable, but, but in a way that I can't, I can't endorse because... Obviously, it's an it's an invasion of must privacy. Well, and I, I don't know if this is germane to it, but you guys e- help me here. But Elon isn't really one that toes the the, the political line, I, I, right? I'm just Not saying. At all. I'm no. just saying. I'm just saying. If the kid was a, a a climate change warrior, I'd be cheering for him. What? Look what these frauds are doing today. Look right. at the private yet they're on today. But that's not what he's doing. No. It seems what he's doing is trying to enrich himself. Which, hey, well, it's free country. Well, it'll for come. Now. It'll come to lawsuits and every other damn thing you can think of. But uh, I, I would have been, I would have been, uh, not very secretly pleased had he uh, 
I just, what did I just see? I just saw a film clip of uh, apparently uh, the Bezos' new wife is, what's her name? Sanchez? I don't know. Laura? I don't know. Yeah, Bezos with the da- the dame. He dumped the broad. I, I doubt he's going to get married again, so I'm not going to. Whatever. But it, you know, that, was she, a, that was an expensive divorce. She and he flew to somewhere in California for lunch today, uh, and they were shown getting off the plane. Lauren so, Sanchez. Lauren Sanchez. And I, I did. It, it made it sound like she was the pilot. That's so, sexy. Whoa! It he, is. Uh, Whoa. He, uh, he, uh, I was just looking at uh, the, the tracking of uh, Musk's plane here. Yeah. You know where? You know where he was over the weekend? I don't. Harlingen, Texas. No, no way. Where, where our buddy's from? Rick. Really, yeah. Rick. He landed near Harlingen, Texas, on January thirtieth. For what? I wonder. I don't know. That's not exactly the French Riviera. Then he took off near Brownsville on the same day. So mm. Brownsville, Texas. Oh. Huh. So. Well, maybe he had to pick up some seashells or something. I don't know why he came to Harlingen. <laughs> why? Why? We got to have Rick tell us. Should I see if was he's he, available? Does maybe Rick, he knows, did huh? Rick know that Bezos was in yeah, town? He was probably hanging with Rick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he was here. Well, don't make fun of him. He won't come on with us. Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry, Rick. I know that he listens, and I I should have said that. You know what? I got bad news. What's that? Uh-oh. The damn uh, groundhog died. It keeled over before they could yank it out of the... <laughs> what? Yeah, we don't know now what the hell's going to happen. They had to use a hook to pull him out of there. I forgot it was Groundhog hey, Day hey. today. Yeah, thank you. A weather-predicting groundhog died just before his big moment. Oh, man. If he sees his shadow, we can expect six more months of winter. If he doesn't, uh, early spring is predicted. You know what? His name was Milltown Mel. It would have been a whole lot better if he would have come out of his hole and then died. Yeah. Plop. (laughs) We Wranglers are sad to report that Milltown Mel recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge. Considering the average lifespan of a groundhog is about three years, this is not such a shock. But Mel left us at a tough time when most of us fellow groundhogs are hibernating. So they canceled the celebration because they don't have a replacement for Mel. They may have to cancel Christmas? Yeah. A three-year life expectancy? Yeah. Around my place there, it's about six months, yeah. if even that. <laughs> Boom! Last, town, last year, Mel, still. Milltown Mel did not see a shadow. Uh, Punxsutawney Phil is the most famous groundhog. Milltown Mel's handlers claim they have a better record of predicting when spring will come. They're they're bragging that their guy is better than Punxsutawney. Who was the one in the Bill Murray movie? I don't know. Oh, that's a great film. Eh, I wouldn't call it a film, Chris. I thought it was a good movie. Well, we don't. So we don't have Groundhog Day today. There it is. He comes out of the hole. There went Milltown oh, Mill. Oh no, we lost Mill. <laughs> Mill just bought the farm, baby. <laughs> See, right now, right now, preseason sale going on now for all scooters and electric bikes at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Is this verified or are you making this up? I'm going with Tim this time. Okay. This is not me. <laughs> Lowest prices of the season, plus buy now and they'll store it for you until the warm weather hits. Bintelli B1 electric bikes on sale for $15.99. That's the one I had. Bintelli Easy Step Through electric bicycles starting at $16.99. And Fat Tire electric bikes for $19.99. Now get this. I've been telling you about these scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure. These are Bintelli 49cc gas scooters on sale for $14.99, and they are rated to get 150, 115 miles per gallon. And in Minnesota, they're considered mopeds, so all you need is your driver's license. Youth ATVs and dirt bikes in stock for the kids and grandkids in your life. Scout 110cc ATV starting at $9.99, the Trooper. Uh, that's a 125cc, fully automatic with reverse starting at $12.99. And most of the, of the youth ATVs are equipped with a wireless kill switch for the parents. Hurry in for the preseason sale while the selection is great. You're going to have a fun time at this place. It's EcoFun Motorsports. It's right in downtown Forest Lake. Where else? Right on Highway 61. 
cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. AimHighConstructionMN.com. That's the online address. And uh, my buddies at Aim High Construction, Chris and the crew, they can tackle uh, they can tackle all your construction-related jobs, indoors, outdoors, roof, basement, deck, uh, you name it. Um, and, and they do quality work. So if you're thinking about it, uh, and it doesn't matter what you're thinking about, that new bathroom, how, how's that bathroom of yours look? Pretty skanky, isn't it? Aim High can fix that. Same with that kitchen with your decor from 1978. Aim High can update that for you. Uh, they're a full-service construction company. Quality craftsmanship is their deal. Honest service here in uh, both Minnesota and western Wisconsin. And everything's guaranteed. Uh, so if you find yourself in need, and especially if you're in need this spring or summer, you need to get a hold of Chris, the owner, right now and uh, get lined up. And uh, the great thing about Chris, uh, prices fluctuating greatly with materials. As prices drop, that means your bid changes along the way. Uh, just because you were bid something in January, if the prices have dropped in March, April, May, this summer, uh, your your bill will reflect that. Uh, be sure to tell Chris you're a GLer and uh, get a hold of him now. AimHighConstructionMN.com. Ilhan Omer will seek re-election. In 2022, that would be her yeah. third term, correctly? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got to go with the fact that she was the first Somali-American elected to Congress when she won her 2018 bid with 78% of the vote. After incumbent Re- uh, Representative Keith Ellison announced he would not seek re-election, she most recently won her re-election in 2020 with 64% of the vote. Omar is a member of the squad, which also includes Alexandria Casio Cortez, Corey Bush, Ayanna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib. Uh, and I'm pleased to note that uh, Omar has helped pass eight bills and amendments through four years of being in office. Well, wow. Yeah. Eight. Eight. That's two a year. Yeah. She's working hard. Scott Johnson of the Center for the American Experiment writes, We are in the early stages of the apparent USDA free lunch food fraud committed under the auspices of the Minnesota nonprofits, including Feeding Our Future. So far, the FBI has unsealed three search warrants that have now been executed. The warrants and supporting affidavits lay out the huge underlying investigation along with the alleged facts of the case. The center of the American experiments, Bill Glahn, has posted, excuse me, had a Roycey-like gas attack, has posted a summary with links to the local coverage of the story in $455 million in taxpayer to Minnesota nonprofits named in FBI search warrants. Bill notes that although the dollar amounts involved range into the hundreds of millions, the FBI mentions only tens of millions as allegedly missing. I have embedded the first of the three search warrant documents at the bottom via scribed. I suggest all GLers go to powerlineblog.com and follow this. Powerlineblog.com. The January 21st edition of the St. Paul Pioneer Press by Josh Vergus may do the best job of providing the background and allegations. It opens this way. A Twin Cities nonprofit and a web of business operators stole tens of millions of dollars in federal funds that were supposed to help feed needy children while schools were closed during the coronavirus pandemic, according to court records. More than 200 agents of the FBI and other state and federal agencies raided over a dozen locations Thursday, including the St. Anthony offices of Feeding Our Future in the Rosemount home of its director, Amy Bach. Uh, I, I really want you all to go to Powerline blog and read this because this is a story that we cannot let go of. I will post this to the Garage Logic social media accounts. Now, but I'm going to cut to a deeper into uh, deeper into Johnson's story. The proprietor of Feeding Our Future is Amy Bach. She denies the allegations of fraud and characterizes the investigation as an attack on a community, presumably the Somali community. Apart from Bach, the beneficiaries of the the misappropriated nonprofit funds named in the investigation appear to be almost entirely Somali, so we have the inevitable Ilhan Omar connection. Yesterday, Alpha News reported that Omar's campaign committee and leadership PAC has received nearly $10,000 from the Safari restaurant. Alpha notes that Safari was reimbursed for $15 million it allegedly spent serving meals to hungry children between May and November 2020. 
The restaurant claims it fed 5,000 children a day, which would be more than the St. Paul public school system. Speaking on her own behalf, Omar has distanced herself from the case. The Star Tribune quotes Omar, Anyone who participated in this scheme must be held accountable, said Omar. It's shameful that children who struggle with food insecurity paid the price for this nonprofit's alleged actions. The Pioneer Press story identifies nonprofit principals who took in millions of federal funds, one such as Guhad Hashi Syed, whose advanced youth athletic development, a.k.a. Central Avenue Lofts, received $3.2 million. This should be a red flag for anyone who has followed the Omar saga on Powerline. Uh, Priya Samsundar first reported on Hashi in the 2016 Alpha News story, a community forced into silence, and it goes on and on and on. Uh, no one is suggesting that uh, Ilhan Omar had a hand in this alleged scheme, uh, but it would be interesting to note if it's proven to be true, uh, wouldn't she be obligated to give back the ten grand she got from the safari restaurant? Because that, yes. that money, uh, however allegedly, uh, presumably would not have been out of the kindness of the owner's pockets. It would have come from their involvement in the fraud, however allegedly. Right. But she's quick to distance herself from that. So the Minnesota Department of Education has moved to terminate Feeding Our Future as a sponsor and cut off funding through the U.S. Department of Agriculture Summer Food Service Program and Child and Adult Care Food Program. I have begged the Star Tribune, the Pioneer Press, and now I will beg Powerline to stay with this, Alpha News to stay with this. This is an incredible story, and it has the, it has the danger of disappearing because of the seemingly protected political class of the Somali community. And they would be looked upon as victims. That and the attorney general refuses right. to investigate. Well, we don't know that. Uh, he's removed Wouldn't he have it. said something by well, now? Well, you would think he would. I, this is a big deal. Don't you think the uh, federal or whatever takes precedence here? And I hope so. Saying, oh. They're probably saying, shut up. You yeah. know, we'll, we'll handle it from here. Well, I hope it gets handled. It must be. We can't have this. This, this can't happen. Would that be because, Johnny, it was COVID dollars that were used? Is that why? Uh, I have no idea, but if it weren't a federal investigation, then we certainly wouldn't have had the FBI there. Right, it's uh, a uh, massive true, federal true, dealing with true, everything. True. Yeah. So we have people to root for here. We have the Star Tribune to root for, the Pioneer <laughs> Press. We have Alpha News. We have Powerline blog from the Center of the American Experiment. Some reporters have got to get down and dirty and dig deep and verify, verify, verify. And these guys can't skate just because of who they are or because of the color of their skin. Correct. I don't care what color you are or what community you are. If, in fact, you were involved in, in deceiving the uh, American taxpayers of hundreds of millions of dollars, you've got to go to jail. However, allegedly, you However, might have allegedly, been thank you. involved <laughs> in Are deceiving. we going to have to have the daily food on our family update? I'm more than willing to have a food on our family update. Okay. Uh, I, th this is imperative that this be gotten to the bottom of. It's just imperative. And if it's all true, boy, it didn't take that gang long to figure out how to j jilt the system, did it? Yeah. But then it doesn't it lead you to believe that this has probably been going on for a long time mm -hmm. on much smaller scales, but they've been getting away with it for quite some time. They finally just got caught. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. Ah, uh, this is just incredible. Just incredible. Have any of you talked to Reverend Tim lately? No. Did you see his Twitter account yesterday? Yeah. yeah. I did not. Oh, it, yes, I did. Yeah. It, he didn't give any details, but he, he um, posted a picture of what looked like a letter that he received from the Attorney General. Mm-hmm. And uh, some some of his followers asked him about that, and he said uh, not to worry. All of his all of his papers are in line, and his numbers are all correct, and uh, something along those lines. He didn't seem too worried about it. Wait a minute. The attorney general is investigating Tim Christopher? I don't know that. All I know is that he posted a picture of the letterhead that looked like it was on a letter that might have been addressed to his ministries. You know, he's raising money and uh, giving out stuff for the poor and the homeless and the needy and doing stuff like that. Yeah, well, he hasn't gone to Vegas. He hasn't bought a new house. Right. He hasn't bought a new truck. 
Right. He hasn't bought jewelry and Louis Vuitton, whatever they sell. Right. I, I don't think we need to um, get upset or worried about it. I'm sure his stuff is in order, but I just thought it was interesting that the attorney general, maybe the attorney general is doing this for all charities. I think right you had, uh, I think we should take a time out and you had best call him. Okay, we can do that. Let's do that. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Such a Liberty Safe from Maple Grove Lock and Safe is the perfect gift for uh, yourself or a loved one or a uh, much derided colleague that you may work with on a daily basis. Uh, Joe, the Liberty Safe is the best safe in the whole wide world. And Maple Grove Lock and Safe, along with Rich, the owner and operator, that's the best place in the Midwest to buy it. The Liberty Safes, they are made here in the United States of America with materials gathered from the United States of America. And uh, Joe Rich is going to walk you through the process. Why are you addressing this to me? He knows how many firearms I own. Um, and he'll he'll make sure you walk out of there with the best safe for your money for me, um, whatever that safe may be. Liberty Safe the, uh, is on the website at maplegrovelockandsafe.com, and it has the unit to fit my needs, Joe. Huh? Uh, so get a hold of Rich, um, <laughs> or better yet, Joe, wheel on up there, 6901 Fished Lake Road in Maple Grove. Again, Joe, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Here's John Height. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, we do have, uh, I know I'm not supposed to say breaking news on the podcast, but uh, there has been a shooting this morning, uh, and it is at the South Education Center, which is at 7450 Penn Avenue. Uh, Information still a bit sketchy, but we do know that two people have been shot, it appears. Uh, one had CPR done on them. The other has a gunshot wound to the abdomen. Uh, both last word were in critical condition, those two victims, and two suspects fled in a tan U.S. Uh, SUV. And that uh, that's about all we have for right now. There is a large police presence in that area uh, if you're down there. Now, all of this happening in the last hour. And I'm hearing so. the uh, FBI already helping uh, with the process. There. Okay, But nobody, uh, and, no kid yeah. was hurt? Uh, no, I, the early information says two victims, but we don't know their status. Okay. Other news, a big step will be made Tuesday night in Minnesota. That's tonight, ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. The DFL chair and vice chair of the GOP came together yesterday to promote Tuesday night's caucuses. The caucuses mark the first step in endorsing candidates for the midterm elections. Precinct caucuses open at 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, we do have uh, somebody else throwing their hat into the ring now for Minnesota's gubernatorial race. According to a YouTube video, former Hennepin County Sheriff Rich Stanick is joining the race for Minnesota's next governor. Uh, there's a large group of Republican candidates already. He joins that group, so it would be Stanick, Michelle Benson, Paul Gazelka, the former Senator Scott Jensen, Lexington Mayor Mike Murphy, Neil Shaw, Mike Marty and businessman and Army veteran Kendall Qualls. And, of course, current Governor Tim Walls has announced he is running for re-election on the Democratic side. Is he the only uh, DFLer running for governor? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, did you uh, see? No, go ahead, John. John. No, I was just going to say, did you see yesterday he handed out sweets as mm-hmm. the legislature uh, Oh, it started their, their session. He yeah. and Peggy, uh, uh, Peggy Flanagan, as lieutenant governor, uh, they handed out homemade treats, lemon bars did, and scotch did, did they immediately go after Thompson? I think they did, didn't they? Not that I'm aware of. I don't so, think that happened, Kenny. Uh, I saw a tweet from Tom Hauser yesterday mentioning John Thompson, and I couldn't figure out what Tom meant. Hmm. Yeah. Can't help you. I didn't um, see it, yeah. But back to the uh, gubernatorial candidates, uh, Dr. Jensen leads in the uh, funding, I'm assuming. The uh, fundraising, the money I do, making. I do not know I, that. I, don't I know wouldn't that be either. surprised Sorry, if Kendall Kenny. leads in the fundraising. Okay. Yes, uh, Chris. I believe that the move that the governor and lieutenant governor uh, pulled, as John mentioned, uh, they ripped that move off. You know that, right? Which move? Well, from where? The sweets. Um, great. Well, thank you, everyone. As I promised yesterday, I promised oh, snacks. Um, I did not bring them in here, but my mother-in-law made homemade chocolate chip cookies for you guys. So um, there's one for each of you in here. We will do it in a COVID-safe way. Um, but thanks, everyone, and have a great weekend. We'll do it in a COVID-safe COVID way. COVID-safe way. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? 
from <clears throat> Alpha News, at the end of 2021, the reports show Dr. Scott Jensen more than doubles the next closest candidates in campaign donations. All right. Um, our buddy Kendall not registered at all. Right, he hadn't signed up yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, calling large screen, uh, large single screen movie houses dinosaurs. The Uptown Theaters owner is moving quickly on plans to convert that historic cinema into a twenty five hundred person music and events venue, much like the Armory in downtown Minneapolis. Ned Abdul, whose company Swervo owns the Armory and has remade several other properties in downtown Minneapolis, has tape, uh, taken over the building next door to the Uptown and will combine the two buildings into one 10,000-plus square foot space for concerts, comedy shows, and other live events. The new Uptown Theater would resemble St. Paul's First Avenue-run Palace Theater in size and concept with an open floor, seated balcony, and capacity for about 2,500 people. The developer arguing that such a venue will help revitalize the Uptown area, which has been crime-ridden since the COVID pandemic began and was an epicenter for rioting, looting, and vandalism after the death of George Floyd and the June 2021 killing of another black man, Winston Boogie Smith Jr., by law enforcement officers. Good news on the COVID-19 front. U.S. hospital admissions for COVID-19 are receding in 34 different states and the nation's capital, easing the health care staffing crises that were uh, widespread at the start of January. The fast-spreading Omicron variant swept across the U.S. through much of December and early January, sending cases to a weekly peak more than three times as bad as the previous worst period last winter. In Denmark, they've lifted all COVID-19 restrictions within that country with coronavirus no longer considered what they're calling a socially critical sickness. That means that an indoor mask mandate, the use of a COVID pass for bars, restaurants and other indoor venues and the legal obligation to self-isolate if you test positive are all ending. Danish Health Minister Magnus Hunicki said no one can know what will happen next December, but we promised the citizens of Denmark we will only have restrictions if they are and truly necessary. I- Sorry. And we'll lift them as soon as we can. Denmark is the first country in the European Union to lift all restrictions. The move comes at a time when it has the second highest infection rate or seven-day average of new infections of any nation in the world. According to Our World in Data, 81% of Denmark's population is fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Why am I thinking Boris Johnson lifted some restrictions? What am I thinking? Let me look that up. He's in big trouble. Can, he's Yeah, he's in trouble. He's partying with For everybody being S-faced all the time? Right in the old number 10 downing there, they were partying the hell out of things, and nobody was wearing the mask. Uh, I think uh, January 19th, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced on the 19th an easing of coronavirus restrictions for England, including eliminating mask mandates. How do you, how do you hand out cookies in a... Non-COVID safe. Well, she, you get your rubber gloves. Okay. And then you create a line with each person six feet apart. Okay, but if your arm, can you reach that far? Yeah, then? you know, you know, she put it on the desk and then moved it with a ruler. Okay. And then each person would come up and take one. Almost like an assembly line. And then get out of the way. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As the U.S. enters year three of COVID-19, a large share of Americans, according to a new survey, are, quote, ready to get on with their lives. Seventy percent of respondents agreed with the statement, it's time we accept that COVID is here to stay and we just need to get on with our lives, when asked in a Monmouth University poll. The survey showed that 78 percent of people reported having had COVID believe it's time to move on. Not surprisingly, responses indicate a clear partisan divide, 89% of Republicans agreeing with the statement versus just 47% of Democrats. However, as other data from the poll indicates, that means 70% want to go back to life as it was before the pandemic. For example, 52% of Americans say they support reinstituting masking guidelines in their state right now. 45% say they are opposed. What, what do they provide a reason at all, John? Or is no, it, this was just no. a poll. Just a poll. What, yeah. what do they? What do they think is going to happen here? It, it is here to stay. It's here forever. We do have to learn to live with it. Mm-hmm. Why are they so unwilling to admit that? Is this just about government control? Is that what this is about? Why not? Okay, it's as good an answer as any. I'm willing. To, I think it's because they're dumb. I think <laughs> you're right. Is it Hanlon's razor? Um, I, I don't think it's evil. Isn't Hanlon's razor? 
uh, oh yeah, stupidity. Mm-hmm. Best adequately explained by stupidity. Mm-hmm. It might be. You're right, Joe. Mm-hmm. Popular Twin Cities beanie brand Love Your Melon has been acquired by New York holding company Win Brands Group as the knit hat company looks to expand its line of products and retail reach. The acquisition announced Tuesday after Win raised $40 million in new capital from financial partner Orangewood Partners. It wasn't immediately clear how much of those funds were used to purchase Love Your Melon. Love Your Melon was founded here back in 2012. has grown as a mission-driven brand that gives 50% of its net profits to nonprofit organizations involved in fighting pediatric cancer. Over the years, Love Your Melon has donated more than $9 million to different groups and given over 235,000 of its beanies to children battling cancer cancer and to their loved ones. If the ma- uh, mask mandate was lifted in Minneapolis, St. Paul, you uh, three, obviously I'm not included, but you three, w- would there be a situation out in public where you would feel the need to wear one if there was no mandate? Uh, certainly not outside. That wouldn't apply to me. What if, what if you went down to a wild game? I uh, wouldn't want to wear one in a wild game. If I was in a small enclosed room with no ventilation, no windows, I might. Like where you are now? No, no, I'm not. It's only me and Reavers in here. How do you know Reavers isn't riddled with the virus? (laughs) Who carries every other thing? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's got a better chance (laughs) catching something else for me than that, Ken. (laughs) I tell you, up here, uh, when somebody comes into an area or a store with a mask on, they are looked at with, uh, what's the word, not disdain, uh, mistrust? Really? Yeah. Maybe puzzlement. Puzzlement, much better word. Yeah. Puzzlement. Uh, here, uh, here, and I'm kind of in the, you know, I'm in Andover, which is rural. Or, yeah, I don't know, town not rural, USA. but you know, you, well, no. Ground zero, <laughs> right, John? That's not what I was going to say. Uh, but uh, it's about 50 50 in stores. Yeah. 50 yeah. with masks, 50 without. So, yeah. you know. well, I'm in the heart of the sustainable urban core, and uh, we, we virtually have people still driving their cars alone wearing masks. I see it yeah. almost every yeah. day. We get them coming off the freeway, and uh, I wonder if they're not the smart ones. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, you know, I just I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to get it in a car uh, by yourself. I'm not wearing one. But There's a vent in there, right? Yeah. What if the old uh, the, the Rona it, it gets sucked up from the outside and, yeah. and spewed through the vent? <laughs> uh, maybe that's I, sneaks I, in. I do think the wrong approach would be to brag about not wearing a mask because, right. you, you know, with me and karma, that that would never. No, I wouldn't yeah. do that if I were That's you. That's because no, we no. follow the rules. Right. Yeah, you need me to put one on? Sweet. I'll put one on. Yeah, you're, Russia, pretty, you're a pretty man, Chris. I don't mind looking at you. <laughs> the Star Tribune in the Sunday variety section had a, a, a fluff piece that was written cheerily about how should we carry with us our vaccination cards. In other words, it was it was so normalizing the idea that they'll be with us for some time that they were saying, "Now, would a little pouch be better? Would a little plastic container be better?" And on and on and on. It was just completely normalizing the idea that it's going to be entirely normal to have to produce this card. Mm. Well, I thought it was an odd piece. A lot of people are just taking pictures of it and having it on their phone. Yeah, I got one on my phone. It should be super easy to fake that. What about what's going on in China? I know a guy who tried to get into a restaurant the other night and had forgotten his vaccination card. So he sent his buddy in ahead of him, and then once his buddy showed it, he emailed it to my guy, and my guy walked in and showed it to him on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll uh, that'll happen. (laughs) China, Chris, China, the Olympics. We're doing, uh, what, digital digital passports now? Is that what we're trying to implement over in China? I don't know. Okay. Russia. Thanks for the help. Okay. Wow. I'll go back to sitting in the corner. Russia accusing the West on Monday of whipping up tensions over Ukraine and said the U.S. had brought, quote, pure Nazis to power in Kiev as the U.N. Security Council held a stormy debate on Moscow's troop buildup near its southern neighbor. U.S. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield shot back that Russia's growing military force of more than 100,000 troops along Ukraine's border was the largest mobilization in Europe in decades, adding there's been a spike in cyber attacks and Russian disinformation. The harsh exchanges in the Security Council came as Moscow lost an attempt to block the meeting and reflected the gulf between the two nuclear powers. The district attorney for Fulton County, Georgia, is asking the FBI to assess security to her courthouse 
All of that in response to comments made by former President Donald Trump taking aim at prosecutors investigating his business dealings and conduct after the 2020 election. Uh, Trump, who's at the center of at least two criminal investigations, told a rally of supporters on Saturday, if these radical, vicious, racist prosecutors do anything wrong or illegal, I hope we're going to have in this country the biggest protests we've ever had in Washington, in New York, in Atlanta, and elsewhere. Well, Willis recently won approval to convene a special grand jury to aid her investigation. In her letter to Hacker, she wrote that her office is conducting a criminal investigation and we uh, need some help with that. Willis had said in interviews the investigation includes a January 2nd, 2021 phone call. Remember that one in which the president asked Secretary of State and Georgia Brad Reffensberger to find him 11,780 votes. That's the way it works, Dan. Deaths over the weekend. Actor Howard Hessman, who had many roles over the Johnny years. Johnny Fever. Best remembered as Dr. Johnny Fever on WKRP in Cincinnati. Died at the age of 81. He died from complications of colon surgery. Oh, no. He was a member of the comedy improv group The Committee in San Francisco in the 1960s. His first TV work, and if you've never seen this, you should really find it, was playing a hippie on Dragnet. And it, it comes with the Dragnet hippie, uh, you know. You Just one episode of, or was he one, a, one episode? Okay. He was, yeah. uh, he was, you know, man, His big man, hey, yeah. man. <laughs> and and Joe was lecturing him, of course, about Joe marijuana. Yeah. yeah, about marijuana, and yeah, you you can go from there. Uh, he also guested on various shows before uh, hitting the jackpot with WKRP. Uh, he was a patient, if you remember, on the original Bob Newhart show for a few episodes. Uh, he guested yes. on the Rock. Yep. I've seen him recently on there, yeah. He ended up, as we found out later, being a gay character, which in the 70s is pretty, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, he was on the Rockford Files. He was on Soap and no, many I'm a Rockford others. Files freak, and I don't recall Howard Ashman. I don't there. know what he played. It, yeah. it was just one episode. I'm not sure okay. what he, if he played a criminal. Yeah. Uh, after WKRP, he was on various shows. He spent four seasons on the show Head of the Class. I loved that show when I was a kid. Was he the teacher? Yeah, I've he was the he was it. the I think he was a history teacher if I'm not mistaken. It was a great show. I liked it. Uh, he also had a great great very small part in Spinal Tap. He did? Oh yeah. He was yes. the manager. Oh yeah. yeah. Michael McKean, uh, who, of course, was one of the stars of Spinal Trap, uh, Tap, uh, t- tweeted about that this weekend. He said the day before uh, some other guy was supposed to play that part, but he just couldn't handle it. And he said he didn't know what to do, but he had known Howard from his work as improv. Yeah. So that Howard showed up, didn't hardly tell him anything. Boom, just nailed the whole part. It was Good. perfect. Good. And said it was just. He wonderful. also played a disc jockey on that '70s show. Oh, I didn't know. That. Which I thought Did was he? hilarious. That's right. Yeah, didn't yeah. Know that because wasn't it when uh, Donna was trying to get into the business? Yeah, right? wasn't was, that it? Yes. Yeah, Donna's yeah. boss. Yeah. My favorite episode yeah. of WKRP was when the Highway Patrol came in and had them drink <laughs> to to yeah. uh, do the timing. And the more Johnny Fever drank, the better, the better his reflexes got. got. Yeah. 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 And he said, well, it used to be my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> he had that great, on that show, that great double take look that right. he, he did all the time. And then he'd just kind of shrug and walk away right. from whatever was going on. John, as long as we're talking about it, where did you get your box set? Because I have to order it. Was it an Amazon thing? I think I ordered it on Amazon. Okay. Yeah, I believe. Bailey or Lonnie? Bailey. Lonnie. Bailey. I like I like Lonnie, too. Bailey. But Bailey. Lonnie. I'm Bailey. Bailey, yeah. definitely. I like Mr. Carlson's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Two musician deaths, both associated heavily with the Chicago blues scene for many years. Drummer Sam Lay passed away over the weekend. Uh, You may not have heard of Sam, but you've certainly heard him. He spent part of the 60s in Muddy Waters Band. He was the drummer for the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. And he was Bob Dylan's drummer for a while. And in fact, when uh, Dylan went electric at Newport Folk Festival, he was playing drums. Sam Lay. Uh, Sam, uh, he played with a lot of folks in the years after that. Also, Sam was 86 years old. And the great blues soul guitarist singer Jimmy Johnson passed away over the weekend. Uh, Known for uh, living in Chicago the last 50 years and a regular at all the clubs there. And everybody who came through town went to play with Jimmy. Uh, He was on that scene for decades. He had become ill just recently. Had been performing up until right before COVID. Jimmy Johnson was 93 years old. Yeah. 
A brawl resulted Friday night at the Golden Corral Restaurant in <laughs> so Ben Salem. Oh, this footage is delicious. I'm not eating anywhere with the name Corral. <laughs> no Golden Corral for you, huh? No. Uh, well, it was a Donnybrook, let me tell they you. They ran out of meat? Yep. Yeah. They ran out of steak. Yep, they ran out of steak. <laughs> the footage shows diners swinging punches, hurling chairs, screaming insults, <sighs> with one man calling out, all I wanted was some steak during a lull in the melee. <laughs> Same <laughs> theory. Wow. They Police all went are... nuts. Police are currently investigating who was responsible for starting it. At the height of the fight, authorities said they think there was about 40 people involved in the fight, and it apparently started because somebody knew they were running out of steak, cut in the line. Yeah. Oh, you can't cut in line at Golden steaks. Corral, Joe. It, it, what it, state it, was this? Uh, Pennsylvania. Ben Pennsylvania. Salem, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of that uh, finishing fight scene in what's the Mel, racist Mel Brooks movie you guys love so Blaze, much? Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that, where it's just uh, <laughs> one big melee. Where they're in the commissary and they all start yeah. fighting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two more NFL playoff games went down to the wire, and Fox and CBS were the beneficiaries. CBS averaged 47.8 million viewers wow. for its broadcast of the AFC Championship game Sunday afternoon. The game was up 13% in viewers from last year's AFC Championship game, which aired in the late window. Over in the NFC on Fox, the Rams outlasting the San Francisco 49ers. That game averaged 50.42 million viewers God across my. Fox. This Fox country supporters. loves its football. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, that all-in numbers is the most since 2014, although Fox's broadcast network alone accounted for 50.225 million of the full tally. The Rams' win drew an audience 7% larger than last year's NFC Championship game between the Packers and Buccaneers. And I did not know this. Uh, I always wondered how they figured out who played when. I just assumed it was popularity of the team. They wanted a bigger audience. Yeah. But they rotate every year. Oh. The NFC and AFC Championship games rotate annually between the early and late windows. So next year, the NFC game will be first. The first one. Yeah, and the I AFC see. game second. So the Vikings, we can plan on them being the first game next year. Good. We almost sure. always almost win. Yeah, that's right. By the we way, uh, just for fun, because win. I wanted to torment myself and John Height, 43, you said, for the Chiefs and the uh, the Bengals? Uh, Last year's World Series mm-hmm. averaged oh. about six. But you got to remember, we've been told that we should factor a gambling dynamic into this increase Which in is a very big reason, yeah. yes. There's a lot of gambling promotion going on yeah, during really those games, is. man. Unbelievable. Uh, the New York Times is acquiring Wordle, which I still don't understand. It's an online game that You're shot up pop- popularity seemingly overnight. Uh, the move highlights the importance of the company's games unit, which hosts things like crosswords and spelling bee, and they think it's a way to attract new subscribers. Uh, this was all founded by Josh Wardle. He's a software engineer in October of 2021. So that's what, four months ago, mm-hmm. five months ago. Uh, Wordle gives players six tries to guess a five-letter mystery word every day. The game became a cultural phenomenon earlier this month. Only 90 people played the game on November 1st, but about 300,000 people were playing by mid-January. Uh, now, for inventing this, uh, Mr. Wordle, 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 the Times said in a release it acquired Wordle for a price in low seven figures. Hmm. What I think so, uh, people should do more of, though, is post their scores on social media. If you post your Wordle score <laughs> on social media, I'm going to need you to uh, please block me. I, 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 ju- I really need you to block me yeah. so I don't have to deal with that. I don't want to run across it accidentally. Do people do that? I got a, I did oh, one today. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh yeah. Oh, All the time. So irritating. And famous people are doing it, too, now. Not just, you know, your, your friend down the street. It's, yeah. it's a lot. But, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, uh, won't this kill the game? Who's going to pay for this? Well, they don't have to pay for the game. They'll get the game free, but they have for to now. get the times. But they have to be yeah. a subscriber. Yeah, they have to have well, a yeah. subscription to the times. To the right. times. Yeah. So, well, I uh, do I the do, I oh, do the sorry. Times crossword puzzle in the the Star Tribune. Okay, so it's going to be the same deal. Sure. Yes. Yeah, Joe's uh, shuffling papers. That means we're moving along. No, no, I got to. I have to read this one more story because it. We, we, what the hell is that? Sorry. He was watching uh, WKRP on YouTube. If, if you enjoy a nightly beer or glass of wine, yeah. new study says you might have to think twice because uh, it could uh, be blamed for the development of multiple types of cancer. Huh. 
Well, that'll Moreover, change next week, so don't worry more, about it. Moreover, the study out of Oxford suggests that people who never drink or just have an occasional sip are 31% less likely to develop certain types of cancer. Alcohol has been linked to a range of tumors, including those of the breast, bowel, mouth, throat, and liver. Now scientists have shown it's a lethal trigger, especially for those who have specific gene mutations. Authors say the risks were greatest in participants who drank regularly despite being more prone to the effects. Huh. Huh. Okay. Uh, we're as far away from 1984 today God as 1984 God. was from 1946. Marcus Esme in Whitefish, Montana says, I play this stupid game all the time. My wife thinks I'm nuts. Because huh. yesterday we had 2018 to 1970 is as far away as, or as far apart as 1970 to 2022. Uh-huh. Uh, well, he, uh, Marcus is right. You could do this with any year. That's right. So he, you know, 1984 today is as far from 1946 as uh, whatever I said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's fascinating. Could you repeat that really slowly while I write it all down? I did. I'm going to hang that sh- on my bulletin board. We're as uh, far just... away from 1984 Joe, today. Joe, Joe, I was joking. Oh. Well, I, w- I would like to make a little correction there because you got it wrong. It's 1970 to 1918, not 1922, like you just said. Thank you. I just wanted to FYI you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Johnny. He's giving you the over the glasses. He really now. is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, did you get what I emailed you from our friend Tom Lyman? Are we going to talk about that? No. I, I, come on. Let's talk. Let's spend a whole well, not today. 90 minutes talking about that letter. All right. I'll, I'll make sure that I, I to, save it. I had to change my uh, long underwear after reading that. Ooh. That was disturbing. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's come back, please. Truth, justice, and the suture. Geopolicy, no matter what Chris does, he gets yelled at. <laughs> Even when Chris does good, Chris gets yelled at. That's just how it works. Uh, You know what Chris should do? Chris should quit. He should quit in a huff and get a hold of my buddy, Dave, who owns and runs Professional Turf, Pro Turf. Uh, Because uh, 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 Dave... Your good friend. (laughs) I just called him Jave. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He is hiring. Uh, Some of the best jobs in the Twin Cities uh, can be found at Professional Turf. Uh, They're a growing company, and they need some more lawn application uh, folks, so if you have experience in the green industry, I'm talking, you know, turf applications. If you've done golf course work, a landscape job, or even a degree in horticulture, any related field, you're the kind of person they're looking for. But they know a guy and gal that can lift themselves up, pull up their what's the phrase, their bootstraps, and tighten their bra and get things done. So if you're uh, uh, the kind of person that can get things done. Uh, you also have a pretty good chance at getting uh, hired and starting your career in the green industry. Uh, summer days, you work independent on your own, flexible hours, full benefits, paid vacation, paid holidays, 401K. Uh, you earn year-round. You're a year-round employee, so you'll work in the winter. Uh, and bonuses. Ugh, a lot of their employees receiving bonuses on a weekly or biweekly basis um, it's just a great, great company. And, oh, did I say 1000 to to 1500 for sign-on bonuses? you got to get a hold of ProfessionalTurf.com. You can apply online or give them a call on their phone. You know, you, you've heard of that, 952-469-8680, 952-469-8680, ProfessionalTurf.com. A developing story has it that the and an Arctic blast is again putting the Texas power grid at risk. Oof. I think they went through this last year, did they not? Yeah, they did. Yes, only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park and Boom Puma along to South Africa from the traveling Lymans. It was on this day. Today is Feb first. 1840, Thomas B. Walker is born in Xenia, Ohio. After making his fortune in lumber, he would plan and develop the Walker Art Gallery, which opened in 1894 and later became the Walker Art Center. He also would play an instrumental role in the creation of the Minneapolis Public Library. He died in 1928. Hmm. It was on this day, Feb 1, 1896, St. Paul's first Winter Carnival opened hosting competitions in curling, skating, and ice polo, and boasting the first ice palace in the United States. 
built in Central Park. The palace is 140 <laughs> feet long, 120 feet wide, and 100 feet high. Now it's just what, so, a, basically a game of beer pong? Is that what we much, do? Pretty yeah. much. Uh, it's uh, 1886, Joe. What did I not say? 96. I'm you sorry, said 96. 1886. On this day in 1887, <laughs> well, he doesn't miss much, does he? Nope. On this day in 1887, the Northwestern Publishing Company was incorporated in St. Paul as a general job order printing office with the subsidiary enterprise of publishing the Western Appeal, which would become the Appeal in 1889, a weekly African-American newspaper that had first appeared in 1885. Editor John Quincy Adams later called it a national Afro-American newspaper and intended it to be bold and an active publication that would represent people marginalized by their race. Hmm. And finally, on this day, mm-hmm. in 1933, Wendell R. Anderson was born in St. Paul, a member of the silver medal winning 1956 U.S. Olympic hockey team, a lawyer and a former legislator in both the House and Senate. He would serve as governor from 1971 to 1976. Then he had that Time magazine cover where he held up the fish. After helping to establish a firmer control in state finances through the Minnesota Miracle Fiscal Reforms of 1971, Anderson would end his career as an elected official by appointing himself to fill Walter F. Mondale's U.S. Senate seat following Mondale's election as vice president uh, of the United States uh, uh, in November 1976. He was Jimmy Carter's vice president. Thank you, GLers. Mm -hmm. GLers, do us a favor. We mentioned earlier the Garage Logic YouTube page, and we would be thrilled if you could hit the subscribe button and follow us along as we post daily videos on our channel. And you can also see a lot of our stuff on the Garage Logic social media channels Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all there and available for you. And don't forget to download the PodMN app for your smart device where you have the chance to win daily prizes just by listening. It's that easy. We'll catch you tomorrow. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold GLers. That's exactly what you should do today for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Call 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get Josh, and you also get straight talk. You never get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And Josh, a simple question. Question for you, sir. Are growth stocks back? I am of the belief, Chris, I am biased and I'm always talking my book. I like growth stocks. To me, growth stocks win over value on any long-term basis. Yes, on a short-term basis, some of the value stock can outperform. And yes, if I look at historic performances, there have been many times when value stocks, i.e. low PE and very low price-to-sales stock in older, uh, more established industries tend to outperform growth. Now, I'm not talking specifically about growth stocks that have limited sales, little or no earnings, and are trading at astronomical price-to-sales ratios and are trading on hope and dream. Those are not not the stocks that I am talking about. Some of those stocks are called disruptors or part of disruptive technology. I'm not going to say they're not for me because many companies that at one time were considered disruptive are now more mainstream. Just think of Amazon as one very prime example or Facebook or even Google. But those are now more mainstream. They are solid, solid growth companies. Companies, and these are the companies that are I am talking about. Value stock, they sold off on earnings misses. Companies like Boeing sold down, though Boeing is trading up today on an order it got from Qatar Airlines for some 777 freight liners. 3M missed their earnings numbers. That stock came down. Caterpillar had a big miss, talked about supply chain labor issues. That stock came down, you know, significantly. Stanley Works, Stanley Black and Decker, another value stock, missed on their revenue number, though they beat on their earnings number. Stanley Decker 
is now trading at a 52-week low. Verizon missed. AT&T missed. And today, AT&T announces they're going to spin off Warner Media, which happened to generate some significant dollars with their HBO Plus, and they're going to cut their dividend in half in order to focus more on fiber optic and 5G development. Cutting the dividend in half is very significant and takes away in my estimation, another reason not to want to put my money in AT&T. If I want a telecom company, maybe I'd look at a more grossier name like, say, Deutsche Telekom, but the market symbol is TMUS, the purple company. That's where I would look. There's another steady growth name, not a value name, UPS, beat, top line, bottom line. They raised their guidance and they also increased their dividend. That helped boost Federal Express and the transport index. So there are many ways to look for growth names, and I would sooner have and own those growth names going forward, even in an environment where interest rates are slowly going to rise, even where we have some measure in of inflation that will be with us, although I'm of the belief that inflation levels will moderate as we go go along. Growth companies have the ability to grow their sales and continue to grow their earnings in a lot of environments, and that's the focus that I believe, well, that I take, and I believe you should too. Excellent report, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time to pick up the phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by calling 952-925 five five six oh eight josh as always thank you so much for the time in the chat have a great day and we'll talk to you again on thursday you got it investment advisor services offered by josh arnold investment consultant llc a registered advisor in the state of minnesota past performance is no guarantee of future results all investments involve risk